Welcome to the Melissa Rx Script Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode five of the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, and thanks for listening. Now, let's talk about a nationally and internationally recognized pharmacy leader. Today, we have a really special podcast. I'll be talking with my friend and Iowa native, Janelle El Sabaka. Janelle and I are going to be discussing many things, including her experiences in advancing the pharmacist's role in patient care and focus on developing strong leaders for the pharmacy profession. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Janelle and then let her also tell you about herself, her career, and her many varied experiences in life in general. Janelle is currently teaching leadership development courses for the PharmD program and is director of the newly created online master's degree and graduate certificate program in pharmacy leadership at the University of Cincinnati. And I'll also let Janelle tell you more about this. Janelle, thank you for being here with me today. Before we get into your career experiences, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, about your family, and your University of Iowa experience. Well, thank you for having me, Melissa. I look forward to our visit today. I grew up on a farm in a small community in Iowa, diagonal Iowa, with about 300 people. And I still love going back there to visit my family on the farm and my many cousins and many friends who are still there. But it was a big change to leave that small community and head off to the University of Iowa for college. I was the first to go to college in my family. And my then high school sweetheart, now husband of 30 years, used his uh, love of Hawkeye sports and guided me to choose the University of Iowa. And he and I continue to enjoy our, our Hawkeye sports today. After a great education at the College of Pharmacy and training under numerous pharmacists, my first role as, as a pharmacist, as a clinical specialist at the VA in Iowa City. And then I moved on to the staff of the Iowa Pharmacists Association and later served as their director of the Iowa Center of Pharmaceutical Care to help with the adoption of pharmaceutical care practice and payment models. In that time, I met many great pharmacist pioneers who were modifying their traditional pharmacy practice to provide better patient care services. The pharmacies of Matt Osterhaus, John Forbes, Lisa Plain, and many others transformed their pharmacy layout and patient care services right before my eyes. I consider myself so fortunate to have been at the association at that time and to experience the changes in our profession that initiated from those pioneers in Iowa. Oh, Janelle, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, as you were talking, I was reflecting about your first generation experience. And I also share that with you in that um, I was the first in my family to complete college. And that's some big changes and some big steps in life. So I, I think our listeners will appreciate hearing about your journey um, and your story. So I think it makes sense. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are today and some of your influencers. Um, you touched on that a little bit, but, but who were influencers both pre and post pharmacy school? Well, certainly 
before pharmacy school, a mentor was my own high school basketball coach, Dennis Tassel. Uh, he taught me and many others that determination and dedication with extensive practices, of course, and a strong strategy can bring us successes and wins on the court. During pharmacy school, I was then fortunate to work in Bernie Kramer's community pharmacy and learned the best-in-class patient care right there in Iowa City. I also worked as a research assistant at the VA hospital for Bruce Alexander, who was an outstanding professional role model in clinical specialist practice in psychiatry there. After leaving my patient care practice, I was fortunate to continue to have great career mentors. Tom Temple, the former CEO of the Iowa Pharmacists Association, was one of those. He's certainly a master role model of building strong relationships and partnerships. As an elected board member and officer of APHA, I also learned a great deal on leadership approaches from past CEO John Gann and current CEO Tom Minigan. Another career mentor is Dennis Worthen of Procter & Gamble. Dennis Worthen and his wife helped to instill the importance of programs and projects that are built to last. Sustainable and scalable was the theme. For example, Patty and Dennis Worthen initiated the APHA ASP Student Presidential Leadership Award that will now continue forever since it is supported with an involved fund. Patty and Dennis didn't just stop with funding the scholarship, however, they work to develop strong, ongoing relationships with the selected national recipients each year, and today they've built a family of young leaders known as the Worthen Kids who reunion regularly with them at APHA conventions. I tried to follow the model and start my own sustainable list. For example, during my days at Procter & Gamble, I was able to help set up the NMA NASPA Self-Care Challenge Program. This is an educational competition, Jeopardy game format, which is quite fun, at state association meetings. In Ohio, it is one of the most popular CE sessions and draws in over 200 attendees every year for our annual meeting. That CE program structure is now used by over 35 states and is set up with endowed funding and a process for infrastructure to keep it going. You know, it's so interesting when you were talking about your influencers and mentors pre and post pharmacy school, I love that you shared about your basketball coach. And I think sometimes for students or residents or people earlier in their career, they think, how do I find a mentor or how do I find a person that can make a difference in my life? And it can be as simple as a neighbor, a coach, someone from your church, someone in your community, a pharmacy leader, you know, that can shine that light on you and serve as a resource. So thank you for sharing that. I also appreciated hearing about you and I share several of those mentors that you mentioned. I met Dennis Worthen and Patty early in my career when I was the executive resident. And I went through a Stephen Covey program with them and just learned so much about organizing your time and what you should focus on. But I very much agree with you that themes in their lives have been get, passing it on, paying it forward, and then staying connected and um, the importance of leadership in the pharmacy profession. And so, you know, there's so much that we can learn from, from all of those people that you talked about. Well, I think about a couple years ago when I had this big idea to launch the Zeta Cooper Leadership Symposium in 2016. And you were on my short list of people to call to serve as a keynote speaker. So I was really happy and grateful 
um, when I reached out to you and you said you were interested in helping us launch the first Zeta Cooper Leadership Symposium. So talk to me a little bit about Zeta Cooper, her influence and her impact on your career. Yes, uh, I've enjoyed reading about Zeta and I w so wish I would have known her. I bet she was a truly determined and spunky lady, taking risks and stepping out of her comfort zone. I, too, have been accused of taking flying leaps, but they have always turned out okay for me. So Zeta would have been a very good friend and professional colleague. Looking back at Iowa, I feel I was fortunate to have many female pharmacist leaders for the profession, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be friends with so many of them. I believe Zeta Cooper left a legacy that contributed to this sustained effect on Iowa pharmacist female leadership from many years ago. Zeta and I also share the same history of coming to Iowa City from very small Iowa towns, an intimidating experience in itself. Zeta was a role model of professional involvement in engaging others, and she also promoted leadership development, particularly for young women. I'm delighted that my work and professional engagement now can also concentrate on leadership development in others. Zeta and I share a passion for professional society involvement to advance the profession. She was extensively involved as a female and found ways to initiate or start many organizations that have benefited our profession. In 1912, she was the very first female faculty member to attend the American Conference for Pharmacy Faculty. She went on to serve as the secretary of that organization and started up their journal that I received today as a College of Pharmacy faculty member. The AJPE Journal continues to be the resource that supports faculty development and advanced pharmacy education in the U.S. In 1922, Zeta helped found the Rokai Honor Society, where memberships based on academic excellence open to all genders and race. Today, that organization exists at over 100 colleges of pharmacy in the U U.S. to provide service and recognition for top academic achievement. As the first in my Iowa farming family to go to college, I look back and realize now that Rokai recognition in my early school days helped provide me with the confidence to continue college and pursue the advanced pharmacy degree at the time. This confidence was probably also key to additional leadership roles that occurred later in my career. Melissa, I've watched you grow as a leader from your earliest days as a young graduate, back when you were known as Missy and not Melissa, to where you are today. I'm thinking Zeta's legacy was a factor for you too. Do you agree? You know, Janelle, thank you so much for bringing that up. And yes, for those who have known me a long time, uh, family for sure still calls me Missy, but that was um, what I was known as when I was in pharmacy school and when I first came to DC. And I think back about Zeta and several of the things that you talked about resonated with me, the flying leaps, um, kind of just diving into the deep end of the pool. And, you know, you have done so much of that in your career, and I think you're inspiring to students and to residents and emerging leaders and also to seasoned practitioners because you've made some pivots and some um, changes and transitions in your career too that are really exciting. And I also share with you that as I learned more about Zeta, when I moved back to the Midwest to Iowa City from DC, 
and learned about her tenacity and her grit and her ability to start things and be maybe the only or the only woman at an event or one of you know, that's something that I've shared throughout my career journey too. So yes, thank you there. I think there's several things that are aligned with. And I also appreciate what you shared about the legacy of leaders that I think many of us with Iowa roots and then also leaders from across the country, you know, share these characteristics that Zeta had. And hopefully we are uh, encouraging and inspiring leaders in the future. You know, one of the things that you and I were able to do during our pharmacy journeys was attend the FIP meetings. And I know that global and international pharmacy has been a big part of your career. Can you talk with us a little bit about that? You know, I think travel exposes you to new experiences. You've done presentations. So what did you learn in the past 20 years through that focus on international and global? And were there any things that surprised you? Absolutely. And I've had such a passion for traveling to new places and learning about new cultures and pharmacy practices. It was when I joined Procter & Gamble in 1999, and they sent me to my very first global meeting of the Federation of International Pharmacists, or FIP, that I realized there was so much opportunity to advance our profession at a global level. The little girl from Diagonal, Iowa, had all of a sudden found herself in, a, in another country surrounded by pharmacists from all over the world. At that very first meeting, I heard pharmacists from other countries talking about counterfeit medicine as a serious problem in their countries. In 1999, that was not an issue at all in the U.S. or a word spoken among pharmacy professionals in the U.S. Today, it has reached us, and much more attention is paid to the security of the supply chain for medications here in the U.S. So I find that international involvement helps us to learn from others and perhaps see what may be coming in our own future. I've attended that FIP global meeting every year since 1999. Yes, I caught the FIP bug. <laughs> and Congress is held in a different country each year. In each location, I have tried to go out and visit local pharmacies to learn from their practice and see cultural differences. In one case, I love the tour of a hospital pharmacy in China, where I was able to see them blending with Western medicines like we have in the USA with their traditional Chinese medicine for their patients. I'm now excited uh, with my volunteer work at FIP, serving as treasurer for their academic section and a board member for their foundation. It's allowed me to meet and work with pharmacists around the globe to advance patient practice, hopefully around the world. I'd encourage everyone listening to perhaps consider attending an FIP Congress in the future, 2020 Seville, Spain, and then in 2021, Brisbane, Australia. Wow, thank you. You know, I reflect back, you and I were both at the FIP meeting over in Vienna, and like you shared, there's so much culturally to take in. I just remember the beauty of the architecture. And then it was so interesting to learn from others about pharmacy practice and terminology, maybe slightly different related to pharmacy technicians. You know, some um, countries use supportive personnel. So I just found my experience with international travel has been great. And so I appreciate that you shared with our listeners, you know, the journey that you've been on and the opportunities for them to get involved in the future. So that, that is really cool. Thank you. 
you know, as we've been talking today, and as I reflect back on your career, leadership and innovation really have been common threads. And I know what you're doing right now at University of Cincinnati is a new role, which is, I think, really cool and very much like Zeta Cooper to be starting something. You also were the first president for APHA coming from Iowa and, you know, really have made a difference, I think, in your leadership journey, serving on the APHA Board of Trustees, then serving as president. So can you talk to me a little bit more about leadership? Absolutely. Yes, I am very excited about my role as director of UC's new online graduate programs in pharmacy leadership. I joined University of Cincinnati in 2016, and we kicked off uh, this new degree program this year. There's a one-year graduate certificate or a two-year master's in pharmacy leadership degree opportunity. This new degree was created because so many pharmacists were seeking MBAs and MHA degrees to help advance their management and leadership skills, but then found the course content was not as connected to pharmacy as they had hoped. So our degree is actually a hybrid with some elective courses from the online MBA, MHA, or Master's in Health Administration, and MHI, or Master's in Health Informatics programs at UC, along with additional courses that are based in pharmacy from the College of Pharmacy at UC. So the new degree program is now attracting working pharmacists from across the U.S. and even internationally who wish to further their leadership and management skills in pharmacy. And because it's completely virtual with no visits to Cincinnati and asynchronous, meaning you sign in any time each week to complete the coursework, it's fully flexible for the work and life schedule of busy pharmacists. So if anybody's interested in further information about that, you can visit our website at UC to learn about the leadership degree program or certainly visit with me. I would welcome input and thoughts and interest anytime. APHA's presidential experience was indescribable. Never, ever imagined that was going to happen. But certainly when you think about female APHA presidents, I always like to say I was lucky number seven. So nationally for the organization, I was the seventh female. But of course, the first female from Iowa. Following the mentorship, I was fortunate to have known and worked with the three former APHA presidents from Iowa, Max Eggleston, Dean Lutz, and Bob Osterhaus, and then more recently, uh, Matt Osterhaus as well. But I learned so much about the nuances of leadership from that experience. So many, many board meetings, collaborations, meetings with other partners, particularly during my time in office, we were pulling all of the national organizations together to collaborate on introducing and lobbying for the federal provider status legislation. It took an incredible amount of time and patience and hard, dedicated work to build a collaborative plan for everyone to move ahead in a synergistic way. And I continue to be a huge champion of that legislation and other bills that can create the financial model that will sustain pharmacists patient care services in our healthcare delivery system. Oh, thank you, Janelle, for sharing that. You know, I was reflecting when you talked about the program at University of Cincinnati 
that it's available online and when practitioners are able to do it and that it fits well with for a working pharmacist i think those are just such great things that really reflect you know where we are right now related to people are working and trying to get this kind of training i also think pharmacists having greater business skills business acumen is so important obviously for sure the clinical knowledge is important related to serving our patients but there's human resources matters that you have to deal with there's understanding marketing pricing negotiations all kinds of things so i i really think your program is just such a nice blend and you know provides for a solution for a need that's really been out there you know for quite some time i also very much enjoyed learning more about your journey and your experiences with APHA. You know, you said that you were lucky number seven, but I want to tell you that I think the profession is lucky number seven that we had experience with your tenure. You know, you talked about some of the things that were happening in the profession and your steady, calming, looking at things from multiple perspectives is so important when you look at initiatives like provider status that require collaboration. You and I both in our careers have done efforts that are multi-organizational and there's such richness and positive impact when groups come together. But we also know that there's many times where that's a struggle and it's difficult related to challenges related to the topic itself or competing interests. And so, you know, I don't I don't want that to just kind of what you talked about and, and how policy continues is is really, really important. And I think those are skills that our listeners, you know, can really learn from and probably apply, you know, later in their career. So, you know, as we're winding down, as I have you on the podcast today, is there anything else that you'd like to share or comment on in the spirit of Zeta Cooper? Well, she is certainly a role model for change and a true influencer and leader uh, nationally for our profession, but also locally in her home state of Iowa. And it's been fun to be a part of the programming committee that helps plan each year the conference, uh, the Zeta Cooper Leadership Symposia. The University of Iowa College of Pharmacy started in 2016. And attending that conference, participating in it, I can see that it's going to have a lasting impact in the legacy of Zeta to develop uh, future leaders for our profession, both in Iowa nationally and probably in the world. You know, it's interesting um, when you think about Zeta's journey and the things that she started and the publications and all of that, you kind of wonder if she had any idea about the lasting impact she would have. But I think, as you described, there just continues to be interest in her work and then I think interest for from so many of us, male and female, related to living a life like Zeta. So yes, I that's a great point. I totally agree with you related to the symposium and then the awards and some of the other things that we're doing that are kind of keeping those things going on. Well I know our discussion today has been really interesting and talked a lot about some things that you're working on today and then in the future. So can you share with me a little bit more about what's coming up for you? And where our listeners can connect with you, what kind of meetings you have in the works, projects, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the APHA meeting is always on my list, but then our our state association meeting in Ohio is in April. 
and I'll be on a panel for a CE session there. In 2017, I went through surgery, chemo, and radiation for breast cancer. And so in that CE session, I'll be sharing my patient experience, and it's titled Making a Difference for Individuals with Cancer and Their Caregivers. So by sharing my personal experience, I do hope to inspire the pharmacists there to have continued advances, advances in roles for all pharmacists in our healthcare system, whether it's inpatient, clinic, community, or managed care settings that will improve patient care outcomes. Again, in September, I will attend that FIP Congress in Abu Dhabi, and I'm excited to be a speaker in the session for the Young Pharmacist Leadership Development Session that they're holding there. That's great. And I want to thank you for sharing, you know, your personal story and your healthcare journey. I think among our listeners, either um, they themselves or a family member or a friend probably has been impacted or they know someone who uh, has cancer or has dealt with that. And I think, you know, you and others talking about it and understanding, you know, what your patient experience was like is is so, so helpful. So that just sounds like a great session. I look forward to talking with you after that to just hear more about it. And then as you mentioned, the September meeting sounds really fun, a really interesting session that you're doing on the young pharmacists and the leadership. And then I very much look forward to to hearing, I know that you always visit pharmacies, what that's going to be like, and then some other travels. So that sounds really cool. And then, you know, finally, I look forward to seeing you in Seattle. We're going to be there in a few weeks and um, hopefully the weather's going to be better than I think we've experienced this winter um, in the Midwest and really around the country. It's been a little bit of a tough one. So I really want to say thank you, Janelle, for sharing your story and your journey with me today. Thank you for having me, Melissa.